Hello, welcome to episode 173 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast, your weekly dose of fun and frolics and laughter and just general good times from the world of alternative music, hosted by me, Stephen Hill. Hello, how are you? And him, Renfrey Deadman, he's here as ever. Can't quite believe that I've done such an upbeat, positive open into the show can you remember you're staggered by that by the looks of things <laughs> absolutely staggered are you not are you not feeling upbeat and positive or uh, uh why should i why should i be staggered by that i don't know i think that just might be my face to be honest with you oh i thought you were just surprised that i was being sort of nice no i mean you were just doing the okay. intro to the show i thought <laughs> yeah, but i'm sorry i'm like what and normally i'm like hello what do you want why are you here oh, go yes, shut up true, and let me carry on whereas i was like hey yeah, well, it's nice yeah. to see you got my spotify wrapped haven't i yes yes you didn't get that have we done have you got the stats from because uh, a lot of people who do podcasts have been posting thank you by the way if you have us in your top five I mean, top one and two. A lot of people having right act and broken records in their top five, which is great. We've been getting a lot of really alongside nice... some quite bad other podcasts, admittedly. But <laughs> fuck's sake, we've been getting <laughs> we've been getting a lot of really nice, uh, yeah, really nice pictures of people sending us uh, stuff mm. saying that they've listened to us for such a long, long time this year, and yeah. it's quite mad, really. I couldn't quite believe how much. Um, content we've put out um but yeah but anyway regardless i'm turning it into something else now thank you very much to anyone who sent us those that is really awesome yeah yeah really cool that's good i've also seen some other people going oh look how much our show grew and stuff throughout the year and i was like i wonder what ours says because i haven't seen it yet you probably haven't seen it either because you're looking you're screwing your face up like robert no, De Niro. No. yeah <laughs> you what says about yeah. a podcast huh you talk to me about a fucking podcast, <laughs> you fucking son of a bitch. I fuck you. You let me know those fucking stats, you fucking bastard. Anyway, you fuck my podcast. Was, you fuck my podcast. You fuck my podcast. You fuck my podcast. I could do that for the rest of the show, but um, we said yeah, we were going to try. Probably not. Yeah. We said we are going to try and make this one shorter yeah. because this week we are beginning our countdown of our 20 favorite albums of the year. Now, usually we do this in two segments. We do 20 to 11 and we do 10 to one but i tell you what it's exhausting for us so lord only knows how you feel <laughs> do you think it's so, harder do you think it's more exhausting listening to us than us talking hold on does that make sense yeah oh, it does make sense yeah I, I i don't know i have no idea i mean hey let us know yeah uh, <laughs> uh, right well, they're not gonna know either because they're not us it's one of those things it's one of those questions that's never gonna oh, be yeah. i'm really going off topic sorry go on yeah, so anyway, we're not doing that. We're going to, in the next four weeks, are going to be dedicated for um, the the five from us each a week, basically. So we're doing numbers 20 to 16 in our top 20 albums of the year. I nearly said thus far, then thus far. There's no thus far. This is it. This is what's scary about this. This is it, isn't it? Mm. It's fucking, you're nailing your colours to the mast. Yes, yes. Anyway, we'll get into that in a second. Before we do, I just want to say you should go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash podcast, because we've just put up a couple of extra contenty bits. A classic album, as picked by Renfrey, on Death Heaven's Sunbather record. The Black Gaze Struggle, <laughs> Black Metal Traitors, notorious 2013 effort, which was quite unlike any classic album that i believe we've done thus far because there's a lot of like head scratching not about how good the record is the record's fucking great but 
it's people not liking it. They they don't like it, do they? Some it people. felt it felt like a slightly different um, approach to classic albums because I wanted to sort of find out what just why because I've never got it. Um, but then mm. you know I I didn't absolutely adore black metal until that album came along. So but it was an interesting mm. chat, wasn't it? I thought it was. I. You know, it was really, really interesting. Some interesting perspectives cool. from people who I maybe might not have taken into account before. Some less interesting perspectives from people who I just think are dickheads. But they're it's not just a very nice people. way to talk about me, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean you. I meant the people on Reddit uh, yeah. with their fucking fake Dark Throne t-shirt yeah. and their greasy long hair and their... Yeah. Lack of friends, those virgins. <laughs> Metal fans, basically. Um, anyway, it's £5 a month. £5 a month for to do fewer two cuts edits. <laughs> Oh, if you fucking keep that in. They need to know. They need to know. Okay. Anyway, um, we're two classic albums a month. Death Heaven will be one of them. The next one we're going to be doing is my pick. And I'm going to be doing Block Party's debut album, Silent Alarm. Great record. And then the one after that is going to be fucking huge <laughs> didn't need to do it, is. it but yeah 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 fuck it's fucking gonna be fucking huge mate <laughs> so i thought it would give us the gravitas in it with an australian accent it makes it feel even bigger doesn't it yes we don't we haven't even decided what it is yet but we've got a list of stuff and we're like we're gonna go, we're gonna gun for something absolutely massive the things we've been discussing are all really big so yeah, yeah it'll be big yeah uh, also, we put up a Rioters review, as suggested by longtime patron Jed Granger on Kimono My House, the 1974 album by the oddities of pop, Sparks. And I actually listened back to that album after as well, because I think I really like Sparks. Sue me. You can't <laughs> sue me for liking Sparks, can you? Um, I don't think it would get very far. I don't think no. it would get very far. No, no, no. Um. Seems like a but waste I, of a lot of people's time, lot frankly. Of waste of a lot of people's time. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really, I really, really like Sparks. So go and have a listen to us chatting about that as well. You can sign up for any amount and suggest a record. We've got loads. I could read them all out. I'm probably not going to do that because it, it is quite a lot. And we do have quite a bit to get on with on this week's show, really, don't we? So let's just get on with that. Oh, album of the year, Renfrey. Oh. <sighs> God, it's becoming a chore, isn't it? Becoming it's to be, yeah, it's a bloody chore. I'm not being like this should be fun. This, it's a fucking chore, and I tell you why I think it's a fuck. It's particularly been a fucking chore this this year. It's because you mentioned it. A lot of stuff got held back during 2020, which means we've had so much stuff released this year. So much stuff. So it feels like, to begin with, there is just more stuff being released. Mm, yeah. And there are a lot of like lockdown albums that probably wouldn't have even been thought about had we not been in lockdown next year, last year as yep. well. Yep, absolutely. We've spoken quite a lot regularly about, oh, look, it's the second album in a year from XYZ artists. So we've been listening to that. So they, that all goes into the mix. Mm-hmm. So that's been quite hard. Also, all the records that we've got, us broadening out our musical palette, if you like, which is our choice to do that. You know, and um, so with all the stuff that we've got to listen to, well, not that we've got to listen to, we haven't got to listen to anything, but the stuff that we have chosen to listen to means that, like, my Metal Hammer top 20 albums of the year was really fucking hard. Yes, it was. 
there's barely anything from it on like spoiler alert it's not a lot from my metal hammer top 20 albums of the year that appear in my list that you're going to hear uh-huh. and i think it's been a really good like i struggled with it. i was like it's been a really good year for metal and i left out a bunch of stuff that i was like it's been a, some good metal albums that i've not put in this 20 i haven't got a fucking hope in hell we've both wanged on into this yeah we've both wanged on about how incredible this year has been for metal and i think overall it's been amazing um mm. but yeah I, I mean it does feel like we're a bit of a broken record uh do check out our other podcast broken records um that uh, uh we, we but, don't do that on no we don't do um, this on that but, uh yeah. but it does feel like that because we we do say it every year uh this is is this the fourth time we've done this as part of right acts i think probably, yeah yeah 18 19 20, 20 yeah 21 yeah. Uh, yeah we do we, we do say it every year oh it's really hard god so hard being a journalist oh yeah it's hard um but uh yeah because of because of the amount of releases that were being put back and they're just i said to you on the phone it feels like we, we we're covering 18 months of worth of releases rather than rather than a year's worth which i don't actually think is a massive exaggeration either i mean it's probably a minor exaggeration but you know it's it has been vast this year to say the least it's been vast and when you add in all the various different things that we are um trying to cover as well i think it it kind of bulks it up even further i mean back in the day when i was doing my 20s for other podcasts they would kind of be almost identical to the 20 that would go in metal hammer and at this point it's mad to me that, that you know there's certain stuff i mean even today this morning there was something that i knocked out of the top 20 which was going to be my 20th and i remember when we reviewed it and i was going this album's incredible it's fucking brilliant it will you know it, it's so good and it was 20th and even this morning i just went i think this is slightly better than that and i was like this was i said this was a shoe-in for like top 10 top five and it's not made to 20. i did exactly the same thing i knocked something out because well i suppose that's something we should probably mention this is a fluid process this is just our thoughts on our personal favorites of the year i think a lot of the time it's the albums that we have returned to Uh, i think often cases i mean we try to talk about kind of you know sometimes the best album by a band and our favorite album by a band and make those two distinctions i think this is more down to favorites rather than best in a lot of cases there were quite a few records that i was like well in an objective sense blah 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 Mm. it's probably better than this but you know what i didn't listen to it as much as this record so you know yeah so to to, to kind of to to back that up i think my number what is currently because i don't know when we're going to record it so it might even still jig around a bit oh yeah and as we record a few like my what is currently my number three is objectively the best album of the year but there are two other albums i prefer to it but it's but they're not actually as good if you know what if if that makes sense to anyone everyone caught up with that everyone make that makes sense i know exactly what you mean good i'm glad you do i'm glad somebody does but anyway let's get on with it before we get into those we're gonna try and give you our favorite something else as well each week and this week we're going to be talking about eps um i said yesterday i was like do you want to do songs or eps on this particular episode and you said eps and i went oh for fuck's sake (laughs) i do think that it's actually like weirdly i really like eps and i've normally got a couple of eps i'm like i really like those eps this year it's not really been many eps that i've given that much of a fuck about and you immediately named all of the the the, the ones that i thought of you and that you liked you immediately named all of them and i was like right well i got nothing then oh well do you want to do it as a joint one then that's all right i guess so yeah i mean look for me the raging river by cult of luna 
is the best EP of the year. Yes. Now, some people are going to go, oh, it's not an EP, it's a mini LP. It's a fucking EP. I mean, it's 40 minutes long, it's five tracks. Uh, have Colt Luna announced that new album yet? I can't remember. Yeah. Cool. Cult of Luna have just announced a new album, which is nine tracks long. Uh, and that's like an actual album. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a, we're calling it an EP. I decided to call it an EP because frankly... But it's not an album, is it? Well, it wasn't. I, I it, Calling it an EP meant that as far as I was concerned, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be applicable to my albums of the year list. And therefore, it mm-hmm. made my job ever so slightly easier. Look, I'm, it's not an album... And it's not a song. So what is it? It's a fucking EP, yeah? Because there are only three types of things. It's not a single, and it's not an album. So it's a bloody EP. But it's an EP. Anyway. It might be a long EP, but it's a... But anyway, yes. The it's, point is, for me, it's the best EP of the year. Yeah, oh, and it's not just because Mark Lanigan's on it. Nope. Although it is because Mark Lanigan's on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair it's enough. Not, but it's not just because Mark Lanigan's on it. It is a devastating EP. It's a devastating 40 minutes. And Cult of Luna just continue to get broader and yet no less crushing when they want to crush as well. I, 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 there's some fucking spectacular riffs on that EP. There's some really beautiful moments. And, I mean, I can see why people are going, oh, it's an album, because not many EPs are journeys. And this is a sort of, it's a, hell of a, a journey. journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hell of a journey. Um, and I mean, I uh, I think in our review of it, I was kind of like, this is not far off a dawn to fear for me, which we both rated very, 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 very highly mm. in our um, albums of the year in 2019. And um, I would think I'd still stick by that. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's shorter. Um, but in terms of quality, I don't think it's far off at all. I think I might even say it matches it. And I think... Was it, wasn't she it? said. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and uh, and um, it was number... I think it was number five in both our lists, wasn't it? Dawn to Fear. Dawn to Fear. Uh, yeah, it might have been. I can't remember so. what number it was. Five or six? Something like that. Five feels about right. It was Go high. back and listen to it. It was high. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and download it and listen to it or stream it. Stream that podcast again and let us know, all of you. Because, you know, frankly, we need... We need the listens, and <laughs> we don't. We don't need them, but we would like them. We're, do, we're doing um, fine. We're doing all right. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. <laughs> we're doing all right. Doing really well, actually. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Sound like a like divorced dad. I'm doing fine. Oh, I'm doing Christ. absolutely fine. Um, the we're other 15 one. Fifteen minutes in, and we haven't even started yet. Come on. Well, shut up and let me get on with it. And the other one that I did think about is Turnstile Love Connection, which I now know went on to the album, and they're all songs from the record, and that does feel like a bit of a cheat. But at the time when it came out, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I'm going to say, because Turnstile didn't make it into my 20, yeah, it's been that good a year. Turnstile didn't make it into my 20. I wanted to give a shout out to Turnstile Love Connection because I I fucking, lo- I fucking love Turnstile. And obviously that record is brilliant. Some of the best songs on that record were on that EP. I mean, the, the title track of that EP is brilliant. And when you're chucking in all the Duran Duran-y, 80s-y stuff... Yeah, chef's kiss to turnstile. You carry on biting your lip, mate. Don't worry. I Everyone needs to be knows quiet. What's going on. <laughs> yeah, fine. Any other ones you want to give a shout out to? You brought in an EP. I can't even remember what it was. It feel, feels like it was summer. Maybe that's just because it has a sort of summery vibe to it. But this mannequin, mm-hmm. uh, mannequin pussy 
EP, yeah. um, which I, I hadn't even heard of them at the time, uh, and I was super impressed with it. I I thought it was really really cool. Um, it's just it does so much in like sixteen minutes. It's called Perfect, by the way. Um, it, it, there's times where it's really really angry and punky. There's times where it's almost sort of shoegazy, um, and I was just really 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 impressed with it. I ended up going back to their debut album as well as a result, and the debut album's like good, but I actually think this EP is 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 better. I think it's probably the best thing that band have released so far, and has made me very excited for a follow up record yeah um, that was good that, that happens, EP, but i really yeah. really enjoyed that a lot um so i thought mm. that was worth shouting out mm-hmm. do you want me to do another one yeah you're right well yeah you've got the other one as well i mean well this was your... the other one i mean it's probably not gonna be a massive surprise and i think you'll probably agree with this as well but yeah i do yeah emma ruth rundle and thou in it right at the beginning mm. of the year one of the first new things we released this year i think the helm of sorrow mm-hmm. ep four songs you said you preferred it to the album i wouldn't go that far myself <laughs> stick by that actually having Fair listened enough. to it i gave it a little shout yeah i gave it a little shout i gave it a little spin yesterday and i actually uh it's uh i'm, I'm i didn't want to spend as long as i spent as you had to spend on that first record and it, it felt and anyway, i'm not going to get into that but i yeah i prefer it it's a weird one because the ep is around 20 minutes and the album's only about 37 minutes um but, but yeah. yeah but but just briefly is the the ep does in my head what i expected and kind of wanted and hoped that that would do mm-hmm. whereas yeah, yeah i mean the album didn't as much sure sure i think i think um i mean i do really feel like i need to shout out that cover of the cranberries um kept i called mm. it the charlatan i've said it was the charlatans on the review didn't i because i go oh did band. you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah i'm did. an idiot um but the the cover of the cranberries uh hollywood it's just absolutely amazing and actually has made me um I I never actually owned Cranberries albums before this year, and I now own two. Um, and it was yeah. through listening to that song again and again and again and again and again um, that just made me go. Right, I'm actually just going to pick up some Cranberries records now. And the Cranberries were really good, by the way. Hot take, but yeah. Um, yeah. But the that Helm of Sorrow EP is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it is very good. I think we made our point, so we shouldn't linger on that point anymore. <laughs> oh my. Oh, oh! I feel bad for saying that. That's a cranberry. That's a. That's a crazy. This is the most sarcastic uh, I've been for a while. I'm very tired, by the way. You are. You're right. Grumpy yeah. goose. I'm a bit of a grumpy goose today. But How come a... I feel? I feel quite happy today. Good. Good. I think it's because I've got a bad. But I've hurt my back, so I've taken mm. lots of painkillers. Too many painkillers, to be honest, Renfrew. I see. And I've not had, any, not had anything to eat. I and see. And I downed a bottle of vodka. Wow, you're high as a kite. No, I didn't. No, no I didn't. No, I didn't. No, no, no. Just the Don't eight do grams of cocaine for me. Um, right, well, there you go. Yeah, there's a couple of EPs that we liked a lot. Let's move on to numbers 20 to 16 in our countdown of the best albums of 2021. I don't know who started last year, so we can rock, paper, scissors it, which would be interesting for our YouTube channel if you would like to do that. Why the fuck not? Okay, ready? How are we going to go? One, two, three, and then? Yes. One, two, one, three. Two, no, what and then? The, the, the former. So one, two, three, and then on the mm-hmm. fourth, you mm-hmm. reveal mm-hmm. yourself. Okay, ready? Reveal yourself. Now you're going to want to get on the YouTube. Put your you? fist. Put your fist up. <laughs> All right, ready? <laughs> ready? Now, come on. This has got very carry on. Better, better than this. Ready? One. We're not. You fucking. You're <laughs> All right, 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 right,
One, two, three. All right. Oh, you, you won. You get the, you get to pick. Do you want to go first or second? Um, Ray, Rem, 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 Remfrey wrapped his paper around my rock. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think you should go first. Okay, that's fine. I'm happy to go first. So at number 20, I have picked a record which... There's a few surprises in here. And I don't think this is much of a surprise when you consider how well we reviewed it. But I think we said it a few times jokingly. We said it a few weeks back jokingly. Jazz this year has been... We've, we've listened to a little bit more jazz. I'm starting to go like, oh, jazz. Okay. I'm going to start listening to more jazz. So Black to the Future nice. by Sons of Kemet is my number 20. And, you know, to be honest, it being that low down... I think already shows you the quality of the, the the albums that we've had coming through this year because you know like i say i was made familiar by sons of kemet um, i was familiarized with sons of kemet when they were nominated for a mercury prize on your queen is a reptile so i was quite keen to cover this i thought oh what an interesting you know just an interesting band a kind of politicized brass jazz band right i mean this is how you brass against this is how you do <laughs> like this is how you do kind of political uh, statements or pissing on people's faces well no 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 P political <laughs> brass based <laughs> content right do you know what i mean like brass against <laughs> seemed like a really silly cartoony band in comparison with something like sons of kemet which yeah you know yeah. it would be it would be wrong of me to sit here and go oh sons of kemet have created a an album just using kind of tuba and trumpet and saxophone and woodwind instrument and a little bit of percussion and a few and, and and they have kind of recreated the frustration of the person of color experience because i don't know that right i i don't know i don't know what that's like so i can't say but what i think they do do brilliantly and what really amazingly resonated with me is the journey that this record tries to take you on and attempts to take, I think successfully it tries to take you on within um, articulating the frustrations of a society which never ever changes. You know, that is so brilliantly in, 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 in terms of the musical refrains that keep coming back in, the tableaus that keep coming in, the way that the contributions from the vocalists on the record, from people like um, Joshua Idahen, who begins and ends the record, he kind of bookends this record very calmly at the start and absolutely tear-jerkingly powerfully towards the end of the record. More Mother, Koji Radical, DEE, like really, really amazing contributions from the vocalists on this record. And I think those are the parts that really hit hardest undoubtedly because i think you get a you get a human voice telling you about the sort of frustrations with the institutionalized racism that that is prevalent in our society but the band themselves i mean i don't want to downplay the power and the subtlety and the cleverness and the archness of the the, the kind of the musical tableaus that, that this band put together this is a this is, on one hand, a really, really subtle jazz record, but on the other hand, it's the the most winding punch to the stomach of any record that I'll talk about from these 20 records. It is occasionally slight and beautiful and 
and jazzy, if you like, and quote unquote, you know, as someone who is not particularly well versed in jazz in any of its, you know, many forms, but is sort of becoming more and more interested in it. But there are occasions on it where it is just furiously, inescapably brilliant. And yeah, I I really, really love this record. And I feel like it's massively opened a door up to a world for me, which I probably hadn't really paid huge amounts of attention to previously. I think Your Queen is a Reptile is a, is a really, really good record. But I think musically this equals it thematically it completely surpasses it it's a fucking brilliant record and it is a concept record of sorts so i would suggest anyone who hasn't heard it a to listen to it and b to listen to it in its entirety and really listen as well because it's a really dense challenging difficult record whilst also just being the kind of thing that you can put on and you will nod your head to mm-hmm. as well you know and that, that's the kind of music that i really really like so um yeah, it's jazz that you don't need to be scared of musically, but you kind of, the ferocity in which they deliver their message, I think that is actually quite um, intimidating, if you like. So, yeah, that would be my number 20. It's a great record. Black that's, to the Future by Sons of Kemet. That's a fantastic shout. Um, Black to the Future was on my long list, um, and mm-hmm. for quite a long time I was trying to put it in there and get it in there and then i there was just there was just so much else out but yeah certainly i think both of us have been on a a mini jazz journey this year um jazz odyssey yes jazz odyssey yeah idiot idiot um and um and i i think sons of kemet for both of us is a large part of why we've undertaken that odyssey Mm -hmm. so to speak yeah um i did say that this year had been particularly tough and when you're putting one of your favorite metal bands of all time of, of the moment at number 20 i'm glad one of us got trivium in <laughs> for that. Go on, sorry. um i think it just goes to show like what an insane year it's been uh and this album's already got you know number one in the revolver list and all this sort of thing but fortitude by gajira um which i think at the time when we reviewed it I was just like, well, yeah, this is going to be a top 10, surely. Um, because truth be told, I mean, I think uh, all Gajira records have been a top 10 probably since like Way of All Flesh in, in my personal list, probably. Um, but uh, goodness me, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot happening this year. Um, I think I think Magma was a transformative record for Gojira um and people were incredibly impressed with the transformation and it is a fantastic record we did a classic album on it earlier this year and there's some amazing things going on in that album and i also think the concept and the themes of it make it a really special record fortitude didn't have those things as much but certainly in terms of the themes and the concepts and so on and so forth it was kind of you know a lot of the press around it was kind of like hmm you guys want to save the world which has been a rhetoric of Gojira's for a long time and a perfectly fine decent rhetoric it is too um probably one of the most noble in in many ways in in modern society um but i think they are more comfortable now on fortitude 
in the skin that they first began to inhabit in magma. Goodness me, that was a very strange way to put that sentence, but you understand what I mean, yes? I understand, yes. Um, Let's hope everyone else listening does. Um, Obviously, a lot of attention has gone towards the, you know, what I'm going to broadly term the world metal stuff, which is not a term that I particularly like, but admittedly, I haven't come up with a better one. So things like Amazonia and the chant. And I think that's... um, I think that is stuff that is a little bit different and a little bit new for Gojira, and that's really, really cool. I I, I love that stuff. I said in our review that when they do the chant live, that is going to be huge. It's going to be such a monumental thing, Uh, and I'm going to want to be there for that. That's going to be absolutely incredible. But there are a whole bunch of things on this record which really surprised me as time went on. It stayed with me for most of the year, I would say, and... um, I remember when we reviewed the record, I said that I thought Another World was the weakest track on it, which I now kind of feel is a a really crazy thing to say because Another World to me feels like a song that has been in the Gojira canon for years now. And I mean that as a positive, but it it feels like a classic Gojira song now. When I think of that riff, that feels like a classic Gojira, classic sing-along Gojira riff. Um, You know, it feels like, um, it feels like a staple of their set now, or it feels like it should be anyway. And I went back and listened to the album. I was like, no, I still feel like Another World is one of the weaker tracks on the record. It's just, it's that good. <laughs> it is that good. It's a really, really strong album. Um, songs like Hold On. I I particularly enjoy uh, Gojira when they go into proggier territories. My favourite Gojira record is L'Enfant Sauvage. Yeah. So, you know, Hold On has, has a, that thing of going to lots of different places and, and they do that so well. But I also really like um, the the Trails, for example, the penultimate song on the album, which is them going down a slightly different direction. I think they've explored that a little bit in the past. I think I've made an allusion. I think it's Born in Winter, the song on L'Enfant Sauvage, so it sounds a little bit like. But um, showing that they can do things beyond just riffing the fuck out. And then they absolutely batter you round the head with uh, Grind as well at the end of the album which really does feel like uh, uh, something that could have been on from Mars to Sirius or the way of all flesh they have so many different strings to their bow now Gojira and if I'm totally honest I don't think I mean Fortitude didn't add as many of those strings to their bow as Magma did which is probably why I would you know, I, I can't remember where Magma got on my personal list, but it was it was definitely higher than 20. But um, I think overall, I think it's still a fantastic record. I still maintain that I think it's a more consistent album than Magma. I think uh, the highs are higher uh, on Magma, but the consistency of uh, of Fortitude for me is a little bit more consistent. Um but yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I'm kind of shocked and appalled that basically, as far as I'm concerned, the best, what I'm going to call straight ahead metal band in the world are this low on my list. Well, well <laughs> But that's the Fortitude, year it's been. Fortitude was number 20 in my Metal Hammer list. Right, right. So it had absolutely no chance whatsoever 
of breaking the top 20 here not a hope in hell and that is pretty mad considering i agree with you that and it's a re and i went back when i was doing my top 20 and i was like this album's fucking great and i was putting it at 20 and i was like 20 is normally where you put you know you want to give someone a little pat on the head don't you like well done come on in with everyone else like we'll give you a little kind of courtesy shout out but i was like i can't leave gajira out of my metal hammer top 20 um but there was so much stuff that i was like i actually do prefer and i was listening to the things next to it and i was like yeah i do prefer like it's weird and i think it's a perfectly good gajira album it's the first time i've listened to gajira where i've gone this isn't hitting me i mean you know when i first heard magma i didn't think it was as good as le fond sauvage to be honest but it was so different that i was like I mean, really, really different. I was like, okay, this might take a little bit of getting used to. And once it did, I was like, okay, I don't need to make those kind of comparisons. Whereas this probably is the first time where I've gone, ah, you know, I do feel like this is a bit of a, not even a step down, but it's more of, I don't feel like the the jump that they usually make is there. And I think it's impacted me less. And hence why it hasn't got in my list, but it's still a really, really good record. You know, put on in isolation, Fortitude is a fucking great record. That's and Gajira are a great band. I think I think just to just to add to that ever so quickly, I do think the jump that they made from L'Enfant Sauvage to Magma is probably the biggest they've ever made in terms of a stylistic leap. And I will yeah, I say agree, yeah. I will say in terms of uh following that up, that is a really difficult thing to do. And the fact that Gojira have and got rave reviews more or less across the board for it and they are deservingly you know i said got to number one in revolver like uh, that that is totally fair enough i i would be i wouldn't be surprised if it gets to number one in a few more lists as the weeks go on you know it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest yeah yeah you know i i'm sure it will um anyway that's your number 20 i do still like metal by the way guys you know I do still like it, like I say. So I've picked something which I think is very similar, but did for me, I guess, what Gajira used to do for me this year. Uh, I picked Etemen Ayenka by June, which is probably the finest progressive metal album that you will hear this year, I would say. And there's been a few, right? There have been a few that we've chatted about. This, for me, is is the peak this is the high point i mean i think if kajira put this out then yeah people would be absolutely losing their fucking minds this record sort of came from nowhere we were suggest it was suggested to us that we should listen to this record because you know they're not a big band june at all they're not a big band and i knew nothing about them at all putting this on you know it's it's an undertaking this record it's 10 tracks but when you look at the length of the tracks towers is a totally necessary nine minutes and five seconds long and i wouldn't want that to be nine minutes and four seconds long that song Mm -hmm. because it is just so unbelievably perfect unbelievably perfect and they do shit with metal which i just wish more bands would do i mean Omega Severa is the obvious one to go to. The fifth track on the album, the Pink Floyd Great Gig in the Sky bit. Those riffs are incredible. The dexterity in the vocals is amazing. There is a story behind it, which is absolutely maddening. 
maddening. I have not heard a band come up with, you know, this is like Coed and Cambria level fucking nuttiness that they are pulling out of their their brains with this. And you know, it's it's progressive science fiction heavy metal that goes on for well over an hour. I mean, I listened to it for the first time in a couple of weeks earlier today. And I mean, it's ended up again being pretty fucking low. 19 is is it's pretty fucking low on the list. But I mean, the quality of everything. If if you like forward-thinking, aggressive music, I just cannot this feels like the absolute bullseye of that for, for me this year. Forward-thinking, complex, yet satisfying heavy metal. There's songs on this. I mean, I don't want to get too kind of, you know, Robert Criscu about it, but <laughs> so many of these, you know, we meant when we reviewed Between the Buried and Me, you know, I went back to that record and I was like, this, yeah, I mean, they really don't seem to have any kind of idea about what's going to happen next or... The thematics of it are just everywhere. Whereas Dune create a perfect world, perfect existence. And everything feels like it has been slotted very, very deliberately into place. This record's fucking brilliant. And it's fucking great to hear. I, I was just like, I'm not, I don't know if I'll ever hear a kind of progressive, a new progressive metal band who really, really excite me in the way that Cult of Luna or Tool or Neurosis or Gajira or mastodon have and then this band come along and you're like oh no it can still be done you can still do new things with this form i think this album's fucking great i see you're biting your lips so we'll move on very very quickly <laughs> renfrey um but yeah um for me i would say certainly in a year where a very very good and often great mastodon very personal mastodon double album has come out this remains heavy metal's high point in progressive metal, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> my number 19. Uh, we reviewed this. I mean, it's going to be a little bit deja vu because we, we, we've not had this for all that long and we only mm-hmm. reviewed it a, a week or two ago, but um, Blood Moon one and i do hope it's the first of many by converge yeah. and chelsea wolf um i kind of want to call it but i would kind of want to say it's by converge and chelsea wolf and stephen brosky from Cavin. i do appreciate that that would be a bit of a mouthful but as we said on our review um it feels like he does deserve an equal part of the pie for his contributions here this is some of my favorite let's just do the brodsky stuff right away this is some of my favorite stephen brodsky stuff that he has done probably since perfect pitch black um and i know you're probably raising your eyebrow going what about white silence um there's some excellent stephen brosky stuff on that record but i do feel like it's more uh ensemble that one which is the only reason why i'm saying that just to make that distinction because white silence is amazing um but you know when i think of the 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 way that he plays and those crazy uh sort of those crazy runs he does and those crazy fills Again, we said it a couple of weeks ago, but there are at least four musicians on this thing who, where you, when you listen to what they do, you can immediately tell it's them. Most bands are lucky to have one person who sounds that 
recognizable just from the way that they play a lead line or the way that they hit the drums but you know with this particular collaboration you've got yeah minimum four musicians who can do that i think um for this project jacob bannon said that uh we wanted to do something grander than the typical four-piece converge music and with blood moon they've done exactly that convert uh, blood moon is converge on an epic scale using far broader strokes it's an album that appeals to the pensive chin stroking side of me just realized i was stroking my chin as i said that as much as it does the brutal sort of stink fist making stink fist stink face making like gnarly side of me as well um and i mean we saw that blood moon show five and a half years ago now and that is an awful long time to wait for something that you're very very excited about i think um the idea of converge blossoming out into what i'm going to traditionally say is more post-metal type territory we've seen them do that a little bit here and there the end of axe to fall would be a really good example of things like that but um five and a half years is a long wait a long time to wait for a project that you've been really 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 excited about uh, and it's a long time to build up very very high expectations as well and i think the fact that more or less across the board bar the odd review here and there but pretty much across the board um people are raving about this record and saying it's fantastic it's currently number eight in metacritics albums of the year uh so the eighth best reviewed album of the year um i think that's based on 10 or 11 reviews um so it's not like the most data there's going to be some that have like 40 reviews on there but it's pretty impressive you know that you've, you've got that in there with with you know the likes of gets and wolf alice and all this sort of thing um converge never really put a foot wrong in my eyes but I had enormously high expectations for this because the people involved, all four members of Converge, Chelsea Wolfe, Stephen Brodsky, um, Ben Chisholm, all of those people are people who I hugely respect and hugely admire and whose music individually I think is fucking fantastic. Um, and so the idea of getting all of them together and it working, uh, them having enough them being able to put ego aside enough not suggesting that they have egos but everyone has ego to a degree and to put that aside to make everyone come through and feel like they have an equal amount of time and feel like they're all contributing something vital to the record blood moon one is is a, a, an absolute triumph for collaboration and for how people should collaborate think of the amount of i'm not calling this a super group because i think it's different to that but think of the amount of supergroups where that doesn't work because there's too much ego flying around. So the fact that they have made this work, I think, is astonishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> right. anyway, uh, my number 18 is a band that we've already mentioned today. And like I say, go over to patreon.com forward slash right act if you want to hear us talking about another one of their records. But I had pretty high hopes off the back of what i would consider my favorite death heaven record with ordinary corrupt human love and i still think that is my favorite death heaven record to be perfectly honest but i didn't expect what we got with infinite granite 
And Infinite Granite's my number 18, by the way. And I am so delighted, personally, that Death Heaven have gone, yeah, fuck being a metal band. Fuck it. Like, who... Who, who needs the hassle of those people that we are talking about on, you know, the, the classic album podcast that we've just put out. And it's one thing to to do a, let's call it a Bring Me the Horizon and kind of eschew metal completely and go like, we're just probably not really going to do that anymore and decide instead to, no, no shade on Bring Me at all because they've sort of brought it back over the years and gone over. But, you know, I do think when What's the Spirit came along, I, That's the Spirit came along, I was like, um, you know, they, you, you, you definitely aiming very much for the charts and you're doing the thing that's in vogue and zeitgeisty right now. And Def Heaven haven't done that. Def Heaven haven't done that. They've instead just removed most of, I mean, not entirely all. It used to be, as we discussed from Sunbather onward, there was kind of, 50-50 metal and shoegazy post-rock sort of stuff, which then on New Bermuda maybe went to kind of 75-25 and then kind of swang back the other way on Ordinary Corrupt Human Love to a sort of 70-30 in favour of the sort of more Mogwai-esque moments. Um, I will be running these. Record. I will be running these numbers through the yes, black do. metal slash shoegaze uh, yeah. data collector that I, 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 hope that you I have do. right yeah. here. I, I feel yeah. like that's you know, if it's seventy one twenty nine, then you know, sue me. <laughs> point out. Um, but anyway, I'm asking for everyone to see you today, aren't you? Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know what that's about. That's weird, yeah. isn't it? I never yeah. normally say, "Oh God, sue me." Oh, you just can't handle my facts. <laughs> handle my opinions man um but anyway what i love about infinite granite is i feel like what we're getting now is maybe 12 percent metal in an 88 percent shoegazy very <laughs> accurate yeah i'm trying to be more accurate and the stuff that they brought in that i've that, that you know they can always say we were influenced by the smiths we were influenced by new order we were influenced by public image limited um you know, that's definitely always been there in the sound. But to hear that come to such startling fruition, like, you know, I there's a lot of black gaze bands at this point, isn't there? We said it when we did Mole a little while ago. If you want a great black gaze record, you've got the Mole record. There's also plenty of other, you know, other, other black gaze bands are available mm -hmm. um, for your listening habits. But Deaf Heaven, to kind of, popularize that and then reject it completely as a move i think is fucking brilliant it's bold it's isn't it <laughs> it's so bold and to to do it whilst also writing a song like in blur or lament for wasps i mean these are still lament for wasps is seven minutes plus long it's incredibly heartstring tugging whilst also being I don't think they get rid of the... There's something about the frantic nature of Death Heaven, which remains. And that's the kind of metal of it. It's not actually heavy. It's not sonically abrasive. They've kind of got rid of that. They've got rid of most of that, I would say, as opposed to, you know, there is there is a little bit right at the very, very end of the record. There's a bit of um, screaming and stuff. But what you've essentially got is a band playing really being good at playing indie rock like challenging old school indie rock but playing it with the ferocity of an extreme metal band and i think it's again 
a really really unique thing to do it's not a sellout who would have thought to do that which bands do that hardly anyone does and the, just the fact that you can hear shit like fucking oasis on this record well that sounds a bit like oasis they were a black metal band a couple of years ago and now i'm like that sounds a bit like you know the smiths and i personally think that is really really cool and this record just it's 53 minutes and 30 seconds and it flies by it just flies by because deaf heaven when we said it on our sunbathe um special and it's it's been true i think for kind of all their albums is that they just sound delicious the sound of deaf heaven is just delicious you want to just take a massive bite out of it everything sounds so pristinely beautiful but played with the kind of gnarly fury of underground music and and that that to me is a is a perfect combination it maybe wouldn't be one that people would immediately would think should be or would be or you know whatever but i think it is and this album's fucking excellent and it jumped up a few places just from me listening to it this morning Ooh. <laughs> yeah because i was like god this is great mm. it's so great um yeah yeah really so there you go infinite granite infinite granite by death heaven is my number 18 lovely stuff okay um my number 18 is uh, a band who, for me, have always been a great band. And that is Manchester Orchestra mm-hmm. with the Million Masks of God. But when they released their previous record to this, A Black Mile to the Surface, in 2017, for me, they became a really special band with a singular vision, um, a band who are revitalized by that album, I think, and expanded their sound um and it felt like a milestone for them and uh and they they even went as far as to call it a creative rebirth themselves and to be totally honest with you i was really unsure for quite a long time if the million masks of god would make my top 20 um because whilst i really liked the album a lot when we reviewed it at the end of april i think it was living in the shadow of an album that meant an insane amount to me personally so much so that i voted it my fourth favorite album of the decade Mm. um and i didn't actually listen to the million masks of god for a couple of months after we reviewed it uh because i needed to stop thinking about the record as someone reviewing it and instead start listening to it as a fan because I was really like tying myself up in knots. I mean, you know, this this is a crisis for me. This is how cushy my life is. Um, but you know, <laughs> this was I was like ah, and I, I, I you know I just had to I had to like put it down for a little while. And you know, full disclosure, Million Masks of God has not resonated with me as deeply as a Black Mile to the Surface did. But I think for me personally, that is an impossible task, and that's more to do with how much Black Mile to the Surface did. And once I realised that that was never going to happen, it was never going to resonate on the same level, I could relax a little bit and enjoy the record, and then it started to open up for me. And I realised that The Million Masks of God isn't just a good follow-up. It's a fucking brilliant record. Every single note... You were saying this about the Dune album. Every single note on the record feels like it's in exactly the right place 
like it's perfectly crafted, meticulously so. It's an album that unfurls and sprawls out. It's incredibly dense. So dense, in fact, and this is a fact that absolutely astonished me. But Catherine Marks, the producer of the record, apparently she spent six hour de- three months worth of six hour days mixing this album. Wow. Um, I mean, to put that in perspective, uh, most albums take like a few days to mix, <laughs> you know, but when you listen to it, you can hear, you can hear all the work that's gone into it. This isn't like a, you know, this isn't a scenario where it's been years and years and years since an album has come out and you go, why the hell, what the hell were they doing? You can, there's so much going on and there are so many different layers and subtleties to it. It, it it really does it's it's a really sumptuous record it's it's got a lot of it does a lot of things on this album there's there's moments which are you know there's quite typical rock songs there's a lot of acoustic stuff the album starts with quite a bang and and gradually gets sort of quieter and quieter as it goes on um which is is really lovely in a way and Considering the theme of the record, the theme of the record is death. It has a sort of, it's a wonderful life quality to the album. It's a loose concept being a man's encounter with the angel of death as he's shown various scenes from his life in a snapshot style assemblage, is what the press release said. Um, It was initially based on a fictitious character, but then uh, the guitarist Robert McDowell's father entered the toughest part of his fight with cancer and died in 2019 so they made it more about him and i mean when we reviewed this record i didn't even make this connection but the fact that it starts out so brightly and gradually diminishes as it goes on that's death isn't it that's the candle being blown out that's you know yeah and it is one of those albums that has i mean i think manchester orchestra have become kings of this but have become kings of like having multiple layers in their records now to the point where like you don't notice some of this stuff for many months maybe many years in some cases but that was a revelation for me i don't know probably started listening to this album again in september october going oh shit we're gonna have albums of the year soon i should probably go back to that manchester orchestra record and the first time back to it listening to it with slightly fresh ears i was like oh yeah like that's the musical journey is the journey of the the character what whatever you know it's very clever shit and i love that sort of stuff it's it's a very cinematic album it has a very clear arc there's a beginning and a middle and an end there are lyrical phrases that are reused during different parts of the record and suddenly take on new meanings and the songs flow into one another which accentuates the album as something to be listened to as a whole it has it's really vast in its sonics. It has gently plucked acoustic guitars, soaring loud rock songs, glitchy pop melodies, strings, synths, electronics. There's so much on it. It should be a mess. <laughs> and maybe it was for a, a mess for a long time. And then Catherine Marks got in there and spent a really long time mixing it. But goodness me, it sounds amazing. Catherine Marks, as an, a, a, a side note, is one of the best producers working in the world today, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion. Um, when... When I was initially, when I initially got this record, I was so hung up on it being as good as Black Mile to the Surface that I really 
missed the point with it. And it's not as if yeah, you know, we reviewed this record very positively. We weren't crappy to this record at all. But I realised that I was hesitant when we reviewed it because of my feelings for the previous one. And I realised that the Million Master God is its own beast and it is brilliant. And I may not like it as much, but that doesn't mean it's not as good. And it's still a fantastic record from a band who really are very singular and really don't sound like anyone else now. And I don't think have done since Black Mile, I would say. Hmm. You're... I've not listened to it since. Oh, OK. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought you were being quiet because I was like, oh, I didn't think it was. Yeah, yeah OK. I'll just letting you talk. I've I've okay. genuinely not listened to it since we reviewed it, so um, I'll take your word for it. I mean, yeah, I remember it being good, um, but uh, probably a band that I should go back to, I guess, yeah. at some point. I'm sure I will at some point because I did. You know, I remember thinking there were some really, really excellent things on that record. I, I felt like you were more positive about it than I was. Yeah, probably our because I didn't I didn't have the you that know the, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. All right. Well, um, my number 17 is our first, <laughs> maybe only, I don't know, probably not only, um, uh, Grammy-nominated record of the, the list. And if this was going to get nominated for any kind of Grammy, then this would be where it would be nominated. It's been nominated for Best Engineered Album in a Non-Classical Category. Hey What by Lowe, right? Now, I don't know much about this band, and I didn't know much about this band. I know they've been around for a long time, and I know they're a very, very kind of cult-like, critical darling of a band. And when we reviewed it, we reviewed it with Ash from Sugar Horse, who was on the show, and he's a really big fan of them. So, you know, we got the record through and we did it. And I remember for a while, I was like, the first few listens, I was like, what is this? Well, what even is this? I don't know what this is. I haven't got a fucking clue. You know, it's this kind of American indie band who are working with a producer, BJ Burton, who's worked with Bon Iver and Charlie XCX and Lizzo and Pop Axe. And I was like, it feels weird, this record. It just feels weird. And then I started to get it. And we started, and I think I was a little bit tentative even when we did the review to go fucking hell this is great because i felt like i was maybe still just more impressed with it because i was like there's no percussion on this it's all made up from sounds i can't work out if this is a guitar i can't work out is if this is electronic i can't work out where any of these parts of this jigsaw fit together but man it's a seductive record and it makes me want to listen to it it makes me want to work out and at first i was like i think i think i'm just impressed by it i'm just impressed by it as a wow what an achievement to make a record which sounds so odd in 2021 from an indie band as well you know it's not from a you know some experimental hip-hop collective or something it's actually by you know a fairly from what i can understand a, a fairly what started out as a, a, a band who make sort of your normal guitar bass drums vocals whatever sort of band and yet they've done this record which you listen to and it just confounds and confuses and fucks with your expectations as to what pop and indie and all these things should sound like 
And at first, and I was like, this is great. But at first I was like, I think I'm just really impressed with it. And then I didn't listen to it for a little bit. And then when we started sort of thinking about this, I was one day, probably about two, three weeks ago, I put it on again. And I put it on expecting to feel the same about it. And as the record progressed, I started realizing that I knew all the words, that I knew all the melodies, that I knew what was about to come, that it was all stuck in my head. I found myself being kind of emotionally comforted by the record. There's a song on it, which I'm sure you won't mind me saying, I think both collectively would say is one of the best songs of the year, if not the best song of the year, Days Like These, which is just an absolutely incredible song incredible we will be doing like the best songs of the year and i would probably like straight away i'm going to try and pick stuff which isn't going to be in any of my albums but that song is just unbelievable and it makes my heart sore it's beautiful it's fucking beautiful and it's beautiful because it's odd and it's weird and it's unconventional but yet at the same time it feels welcoming and instantaneous and there's a and i would say that is the a star of this record but there's a lot of that and there's a lot of times where they just go here's a great part here's a really big chorus here's a big vocal hook off it goes it's gone now there's still three minutes of the song left you're gonna get some weird electronic noise freak out for three minutes and that sounds like a nightmare to me. Like when I say it out loud, that sounds like a horrible, horrible waste of everybody's time. But yet this record, it does it and it interweaves so many different ideas in such a way that it really does take a long time to fully understand it. And I think had it come out in April, it might be in my top 10. It might be in my top five. Do you know what I mean? Because... I did feel like at first it was quite hard to love and now I, I feel stupid for feeling like that now. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Because I remember sort of thinking to myself like, this is really good and I'm really impressed by it. I don't know if I'll go back to it that much. And having gone back to it now, I'm like obsessed with it. And I've put it here and it, even as I'm saying it, it feels quite low. Still feels quite, you know, uh, pardon the pun. It feels quite low, but, um, but it's here. And I mean, I wondered if it'd even get in at all, but yeah, it's it's a really, really astonishingly brilliant record and an unbelievable achievement. Um, so there you go. That's my number 17. Uh-huh. It is Hey What by Low. Mm-hmm. What's your number 17, Renfrey? My number 17 comes from one of my favourite bands in the world ever. Um, and Trivium, finally. <laughs> Getting their juice. That is Mogwai. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the release of As the Love Continues, it happened to coincide with the 25th anniversary of their debut single, which was Tuna. And it's been a really astonishing career over the course of 10 studio albums and myriad of EPs and soundtrack albums. And in all that time... I don't think Mogwai have ever released what I would call a bad album. I think, I think you know, I counted up how many Mogwai releases I have, like individual like albums or EPs or whatever. I've got 21. 
mm-hmm. whether it's live albums or whatever. And and I, at the very least, like a lot. <laughs> like the the worst one in my estimation, I like a lot. You know, um, but that said. They've been on a hell of a run with their last three albums, I think. 2014's Rave Tapes, 2017's Every Country's Son, and this year with As The Love Continues. The album that scored them a number one UK album, something I don't think anyone was expecting, least of all the band. The band seemed really shocked. Um, But it's fantastic that they have had that acknowledgement. Mogwai have always had quite quiet acknowledgement but not kind of i don't know if it's quiet acknowledgement but they they've always had people repping for them absolutely but number one album seems way beyond what mogwai would would ever achieve which is not a reflection on them at all it's more a reflection on my feelings on what people buy (laughs) generally but they've quietly evolved from one release to the next whilst remaining entirely distinctively their own thing uh, and completely and utterly individual from other instrumental bands or broadly instrumental bands there is actually a couple of songs with vocals on this album Richie Sacramento just to go into one of those songs is Mogwai by way of slow dive and it's not so it's not the first time that they've tried that it's not the first time that they've done that sort of gorgeously understated vocal and utilize a typical verse chorus verse structure but i feel like it's the most confident attempt that they've had at it and when we reviewed this album i didn't actually know that that song is a specifically a tribute to lost friends it's actually a tribute to david berman of silver jews and scott hutchinson of frightened rabbit um yeah which is which as you know suddenly made the song even more poignant in my mind um and mogwai frontman stuart braithwaite explained the enemy uh regarding regarding dave berman obviously dave was an amazing poet songwriter and musician i took the lead from there i wouldn't pretend to be able to write songs as good as him but he's definitely a huge inspiration it's been a hard few years braithwaite continued there are a lot of people that we played with and were friends with that just aren't around now this song is about those people and imagined conversations and Dave Berman throwing a shovel at a sports car, which is a story based on... Um, and I think, to some, there might be a perception that Mogwai are a difficult band, somewhat inaccessible, because they don't have many vocals or they, they're they too loud or they're too quiet or they wrote a 20-minute Steve Al produced noise track based on a Jewish hymn and all of those things are true but they are accessible they're not willfully obscure they're not swans you can dance to ceiling granny you know it's a weird title obviously (laughs) Uh, but instrumental bands you know Um, and this album has stayed with me it came out in February didn't it I think very early on yeah and it it has been a constant with me throughout 2021 and there are very 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 few albums that have managed to do that this year to be totally honest just because it's been so packed and so crazy there's a lot of albums that i've imagined would be constants but but not many have actually managed to to stick in there nor even some others in my top 20 um but it really has revealed a lot more to me over the time i don't think i would have picked out 
dry fantasy as a highlight of the record for example when we reviewed it back in february it was the single of course i wouldn't have done um but i think it's absolutely essential beautiful melancholy mogwai now or drive the nail which is a song that sort of recalls their roots when they were doing these crescendos quite a lot uh which they tend to stay away from now um but they, they've kind of found a way to do those crescendos again without without sounding like they're retreading old ground um we said it on the review and i think you agree i think we both agreed that midnight flit is the the most incredible i mean one of the best songs yeah. Mogwai have ever written collaborated with brilliant. uh atticus ross um mm-hmm. incredible to think this album was done in lockdown apparently atticus ross was in la conducting a orchestra in budapest and that's how they managed to make the thing work and then i think mogwai were in england somewhere and david fridman who produced the album he was in america somewhere i mean it's actually an incredible feat of technological engineering from that point of view because this album sounds like so seamlessly put together um but i think i think mogwai are on an absolutely phenomenal run at the moment and yes they're one of my favorite bands but they're one of my favorite bands for really good reason they're really individual and singular there's no other band like mogwai they and we've discussed how that's difficult to do when you have a vocalist but when 97 percent of your songs don't have vocals that's when it's really really difficult to do and uh, yeah. mogwai do that extraordinarily well yeah, I've not really gone back much to the record. Again, it's another one that's sort of... I've not listened to a lot. I mean, I've kind of... You shouldn't really pick Mogwai songs off of the record. You should try and listen to it in its entirety. But there are certain bits of it. I was like, oh, that that's good. I'm going to go back and listen to that. And yeah, I think it... I mean, I had kind of lost track of Mogwai a little bit post um, Hardcore Will Never Die But You Will um but i really really loved this record when it came out i was like this is this is great this is a really great kind of i was about to say reinvention then i don't think it is a reinvention no, at all no it's, it's not a reinvention it's a it's a it's just a different kind of feel isn't it it's just a progression a- every mogwai record were known for yeah 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 but when you think i mean they, people like you say do have a very particular idea of what, of what mogwai are, are yeah. in yeah. their head and i think you put this on and you would say to one of those people who do you think this is and they wouldn't guess mogwai absolutely yeah but the quality is still high super high yeah um okay this is my last pick for the show this week <laughs> there's always one surprise in my top 20 album i have to be honest with myself about what i've listened to and what i genuinely like and every year i find myself going how has this got in here but it has because i like it but i always find myself being like i'm really if you'd have told me at the start of the year that would be in there i'd have gone absolutely no chance a few years ago i didn't give a shit about don broco and it ended up being number three or something mm. in my albums of the year so this isn't quite as high but if you'd have told me at the start of the year that Poppy would get in your top 20 albums of the year. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would go, fuck you. No, it won't. No, she won't. I was pretty cynical about I Disagree. I didn't think it was up to much. You, uh, We reviewed it on this show and you were pretty... Yeah, you, you had your knives out for it. I didn't think 
I thought it was I thought it was pretty ropey. Now mm. I have gone back to I disagree a fair few times over the year the year and a bit that it's been out. And I still think some of it's a bit naff, to be honest. Like, I still think some of it is a bit clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some songs in it which at first I, I didn't like, which I now actually do quite like. But by trading Slipknot riffs on the guitar for New Order bass lines, Poppy has had a fucking stormer here. This record, it's 32 minutes long, it's incredibly slight, it's tight, it's taut, it sounds really crisp and clean and clear and all the things that people said were great about poppy oh she's this very kind of uh alien humanless what what is she is she even a real person like what's going on um she's definitely a real person yeah, yeah she's definitely a real person, but she she presents <laughs> yes. herself on youtube you know her whole kind of youtube persona is of this you know android-esque yeah futuristic that kind of like a female gary newman yeah she has she has you know a I mean? she has a great um uh well image to go back to a to a, mm. a podcast what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago but yeah she does yeah and i thought that that didn't really come across that well on i disagree um and i thought it was like i say all a little bit clunky but there's still bits on this record that are uh metally rocky definitely mm-hmm. not maybe not metally but kind of rocky and she does do a bit of screaming on it as well but ultimately this record is a shimmering post-punk pop punk record mm-hmm. but brought up into you know blade runner times it's really just so catchy it is so catchy and there is a lot going on in 32 minutes she gets a lot of shit done you know the last song never find my place i think is brilliant there's stuff like so mean so mean sounds like it could be like a lindsay lohan (laughs) like the opening credits to a lindsay lohan film yes if lindsay lohan wasn't like remaking the fucking um the jetsons or something do you know what i mean and the the title track i think is brilliant on the level is again got that new order baseline i think pretty much everything on this record has grown like when we reviewed it i was like i'm really surprised at how good this is same but it really suits her it really suits her doing this and i sort of thought well that'll be that okay that was a good album by poppy and maybe a couple of songs from it will sort of stick with me but actually i found myself playing this record quite a lot Mm. and it's made me go back to the previous record and the songs i like off it a lot and she covered all all the things all the things she said by tattoo as well which is a one of the great songs ever and i now feel like fucking hell do i like poppy mm. i think i might yeah i think i might this album's really really good it's just 32 minutes of great times i was really surprised by this record we almost didn't bother reviewing it at all because you know i wasn't as disparaging about the first one but i but i wasn't a massive uh, it's not even the first one i think it's the third actually i believe but i i i wasn't i wasn't a massive fan of um of the record that we reviewed before but we did end up throwing it in for whatever reason i can't remember what made us decide to do it in the end and it's um it was a huge surprise yeah really Mm. huge surprise um uh, I I think it's uh, I think it was remarkably cohesive and really really well done. Like it was it was really it was pulled off really really well. 
all all of the jagged shit that just seemed to come in from nowhere and have no connection with anything else which you don't want when you've got a really really strong streamlined image in the way that poppy has mm. you can't you you need the everything needs to fit and on this record it it fits it's mm. really good it's really genuinely surprisingly great this record that's i'm i'm really pleased to hear that it's got in there i mean it's probably obvious from the fact that i haven't been biting my tongue that it's not in mine um mm. but i mean i i think Didn't it's really expected it to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but no i mean i i i thought it was a really really good record and it was on my long list you know um so i th- i think it is it is a fantastic album and certainly we probably um judged poppy too harshly first time around i think when we probably, first yeah. covered her um yeah. But there you go. That's my number 16, Flux by Poppy. Awesome. Okay. Um, so for my number 16, uh, we've talked about this quite a lot on the show and how we like to um, bring these bands in. Or uh, Certainly, I- I'm very keen on bringing these kind of bands in. These bands that, you know, sometimes an album will come along that doesn't particularly have a big story to it. There isn't necessarily all that much to write about from a sort of feature perspective or anything like that. And if um, if William Goldsmith, the former drummer with Sunnydale Real Estate and the fire theft of Foo Fighters, hadn't have been involved in this band and this project, there's a large chance that Intermission by Assertion would have been would have gone totally over my head and I wouldn't have heard anything about it at all. I wouldn't have known yeah, yeah. anything about this album at all. There's a large chance that that would have happened. But my interest was piqued mainly due to my Sunnydale real estate infatuation. Um, but, you know, William Goldsmith hasn't actively been pursuing music all that much, bar a brief Sunnydale real estate reunion for quite some time now. So I was approaching this more as a curio than anything else. I think, again, um, we we were a little bit, you know, shall we review this shall we not you know uh, like i think i think if it hadn't have been good we wouldn't have wanted to sort of come on because we're both admirers of william goldsmith but most uh most definitely i think it's fair to say i'm not putting words yeah, in your mouth absolutely no, yeah. no, no. and uh i i mean at the time when we reviewed it i feel like we were both kind of like oh this is really really good isn't it oh, this is really really surprised like this yeah not not even surprising but like this is this is much better than either of us expected it to be um i think if you told me at the time even when we reviewed it that this album would stay with me throughout the year i feel like i've put this album on at least once a week every week since it came out in april really i i'm very surprised by this i have to say not in a bad way that i'm like how has this got in because I remember it being good. That's kind of all I remember about it, really. I I just love this album, and there's no big secret to why it's great or anything like that. It is just good songwriting. Um, it sort of reminds me, you had Sunshine Rock by Bob Mould in your list a couple yeah. of years ago. I feel like that mm-hmm. this is my version of that, and that is like, there's no big shakes to it it's just great songs and great songwriting probably helps that the frontman uh justin taminga i think is that how, how you pronounce his name he he does have a gravelly kind of vocal that reminds me of bob mold so i do think of bob mold quite a lot um when i think of this band but 
really all 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 intermission is is nine songs that are performed passionately and delivered with expert precision um i think that there are three pieces and i've mentioned goldsmith a lot at the moment but as i say justin Timingas' voice and the, his interplay with the guitar is amazing and brian gorda's bass is very uh elastic he's using the entire fretboard in what he does and i mean i was trying to think like what is the genre for this album there's moments of it that are very indie there's moments of it that are quite emo there's moments of it that are quite post-hardcore it's just a rock record really it's just a really good rock record but yeah i like i just haven't been able to stop playing it and it's one of those ones that again you know when i'm doing the washing up or like when i'm in the shower or whatever i'll be humming a melody in my head and i'll be like what is that from and i i swear six or seven of these nine songs that has happened to me with this year with this album and it just meant that i kept going back to it again and again and again and it gradually crept up on me how much just how much i loved this record i mean you know how you were saying that your number 20 is normally the the one that you put in there to be like i want to give these guys a little push you know i want yeah 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 assertion was my number 20 for most of the year because I was like, well, you know, that's going to be that's going to be the record that I give a little push and go, you know, I want people to know mm. about it. Um, and in the last few weeks doing it, playing it up against the four records that I've just just talked about, I was like, nope, I prefer this, <laughs> which is, you know, not a bit of me putting putting a, a standard rock record above Mogwai, one of my most beloved bands of all time. Insane. Oh, that's- quite surprising but fine but i i I just i just adore this record i really really love it i sort of i'm gathering that from what the way you're reacting you've not been back to it or anything like that i i haven't mate no Mm. i've completely forgotten when you were saying it i was like oh yeah we did do that and i remember going this is quite good but it's just i mean it's been such a year that i've i've just not i've just not been yeah I remember thinking this is good but there was nothing that grabbed me in that way from it that made me think oh I you know I must revisit this maybe I should it just did it just does what I like in rock music brilliantly well you know like really really well yeah 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 I mean there's there's not much more to it than that but that is enough sometimes and and when it's performed by people this good and this passionately this fervently it, it doesn't matter that's all you need it's all you mm. need it is no you're right i mean i do remember thinking this is good and i am surprised at how good it is but fucking hell there you go so that's 20 to 16 on renfrey and i's list do we need to do a rundown of what we picked or will people remember uh, let's do a rundown let's do a rundown so um i went from 20 sons of kemet black to the future 19 etamen and enka by june that's dvne like the book, apparently. Uh, 18 was Infinite Granite by Death Heaven. 17 was Hey What by Low. And 16 was Flux by Poppy. Very nice. And uh, my number 20 was Fortitude by Gojira. 19 was Blood Moon 1 by Converge and Chelsea Wolf. And Stephen Brodsky from Caven. 
Number 18 was the million masks of God. He's not going to marry you, mate. Fucking get over it. <laughs> I just think he does really good work on that record. Uh, number 18 was the million masks of God by Manchester Orchestra. Number 17 as the love continues by Mogwai. And number 16, Intermission by Assertion. Cool. All right. Well, look, we'll be back next week. We'll be doing 15 to 11 next week. So it will be getting even harder to separate mm. all of these records because it's just been a fucking mad year. But thanks so much for listening. We appreciate that. We're going to let you get going now because I'm sure you've got things to do, like listening to all the albums that we've just recommended to you. Hey, go on, go and do that. Go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast as well and you can sign up for all of our exclusive content, including that Sunday the special, which I think is very, very good. If you'd like to hear that, Thank go you. and sign up. See you later. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>